Welcome to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on our St. George run of podcast is Mayor John Pike, the mayor of St. George. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Richard. It's great to be here with you today. And I don't know if you made it rain here, but I just, <laughs> I've loved coming here and ending your dry streak and seeing it firsthand. It it was a long drive. How many summer. days? Do you know the number of days? I believe it was 155. Did you have like a rain dance or anything? Or You know, I'm embarrassed to say no, other than that, I know many of us were certainly hoping uh, rainy thoughts and praying <laughs> uh, for rain and so forth. And maybe there were some, some rain dances, uh, uh, but whatever uh, it was, we're grateful that there's uh, been several days now of rain. And frankly, for the most part, uh, certainly in in our area, it's been the right kind of rain. Not, not big not flash crazy. floods. Yeah, no flooding, you know. Just, just a steady yeah. winter rain. It's been wonderful. Um, just to introduce my friend, uh, Mayor Pike, I'll probably eventually call him John. Is you should, yeah. Um, grew up in Salt Lake City, a graduate from Skyline High School, our rivalry, class of 84, uh, married father of five, um, two daughters, a son in the middle, and two more daughters active member of the church, serving um, professionally. He's been working for IHC for 29 years in the select health um, part of that That's business, right. served a mission in Cape Town, South Africa, came here on an IHC assignment with two little kids and um, 20 X number of years later, still here in this beautiful St. George community. But John and I connected on social media. Um, Twitter, I think, is where I first... Probably right. And then I f started to read what you're doing here and who you are and recognize that we're both these pretty boring, typical LDS men that are trying to use the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of a church, to create more understanding and space for LGBTQ friends. So John will share his personal journey about learning about this space through a couple family members, and especially his role as mayor. Um one of the things that before we went live is Mayor Pike said, I want to be the mayor of everybody. Yep. And that includes people of our faith, different faiths, people of all sexual orientations. And that really hit me pretty powerful. I just circled that in my white paper here. I want to be the mayor of everyone. And that to me seems like, you know, what we would do in your kind of an assignment. And maybe how that stretches us sometimes to learn how to be the mayor of everybody. Um, talk about just your personal journey with some with a return missionary companion and also with a family member. Thank you. Um, yes, you know it's um, gosh, it's been it's got to have been around thirty years ago, and at this time I was still living in Salt Lake. I was a, a, a fairly uh, newly married young man of probably about twenty three or twenty four uh, years old, and um, you know my. I had great missionary companions, but I had um, two um, uh, that I know um, at some point uh, after our missions uh, informed me that they were they were gay, and and one of them was my absolute favorite um, missionary companion. Uh, just really, really, uh, he and I connected. We were best friends and, uh, we knew each other and enjoyed each other before we were companions, while we were companions and after we were companions and served in a great, uh, part of, of, uh, South Africa, a Zulu township called Kwamashu. And so anyway, 
great, great friend of mine, and we are still friends today. And he, he doesn't uh, live close by, but uh, I talk to him, you know, through social media. Anyway, when he first uh, came to me and told me that that he had this was something he'd struggled with for a long time, and and he was he was trying, he was having that all too typical battle. I'll just say between. Um, his faith and his testimony of the church and, and really his love of the church and, and the gospel and uh, the fact that he, he had these, uh, these tendencies, these um, same, uh, same gender tendencies. And, and um, I remember that was probably the, the closest I'd, I'd really been to this situation. And, and, and I, 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 I'm quite sure he'd be very comfortable with me saying that he had struggled so much with this. He had attempted to take his own life three times. Wow. And, you know, again, that hit me really hard. And I'll, and one of the reasons it hit me hard and it actually makes me emotional to talk about is I had no idea. And, you know, we weren't living that far apart. We were probably 50 or 60 miles apart. Um, but I was sad that I didn't know. And this is a, this is a really good friend and a really good human. You know, he was well-liked. He was in student government. You know, he was smart. He was a great missionary. Everyone loved him. And, uh, and so as I found out about his struggle, it, it really hurt me, you know, from a personal level, because I thought, where was I, you know, I was no help to him. And I, I feel bad for that. Now, I don't know how much he reached out to me, but you know, I, I wished I could have been more available and more aware and helped him. So over the years, I've tried to be, um, more responsive to him, um, and to others, um, but still, I'm sure I've lacked a lot, but that was kind of, if you will, point one, you know, for me, um, when uh, someone very, very close to me and who I respect, uh, respected then and respect now and love, loved then and love now had this, this, you know, um, this difficult life battle that he was, you know, involved with. And he, you know, he wasn't ask, asking me to fix it or anything. I think he was just looking for, you know, continued friendship. And I've tried to do that. And, and like I say, recently we've even connected and, Good. and, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. It makes me happy that maybe I, today, um, I hope I understand that things a little bit better than I did then, but nothing has changed in terms of, you know, I've just, I've always loved him and had a great friendship as a brother with him. So love that. So that was my kind of my friend and, you know, uh, and missionary companion story. And, and separately, you know, I'm, I have a close family and, uh, I, I have a cousin who's a couple years older than I am, but I've, I've obviously known her my whole life. And, um, and she, uh, she, you know, long ago, and she's a very authentic person and she, um, you know, let us know that she was gay and she's, she's struggled in various uh, ways with it. Um, sometimes, uh, um, trying not to be kind of, um, acting on those, uh, those desires, if you will, and sometimes, uh, choosing to, and, and, um, you know, 
the thing that probably helps me the most with her is uh, she she had a baby and she was the biological mother of that baby and I'm telling you when when that day happened and I wasn't there or even very close by but when I saw the pictures of this this little girl with her mom first of all she looked like her mom and so that helped me um but this the main thing I felt was uh emotion just love I just said okay there there are two people here that love each other and there's this child that's entered into their lives and whether whether I completely understand or in my faith and belief system believe that this is what's supposed to happen or not this is what they've chosen to do and I love her and I love her daughter and I'm going to be supportive of, of them and um, I'm thrilled that I I enjoy a great relationship with them and they are very good to me. They've been very patient with me, uh, over the years. And, and, um, and I just, I, you know, again, it, it was another kind of step for me in learning to be accepting and, um, loving and understanding and to, to kind of realize that I don't know everything. And you know what? I don't know that I'm ever going to know everything, <laughs> certainly not in this life. So there are some things I was taught in ninth grade seminary by brother Cornell Porter, um, that there are some things we're going to put up on a shelf, maybe a really high shelf. He called it religious shelving. In fact, um, that we may not know all the answers to, but, um, we will someday and we can ask about him someday. But in the meantime, what, I real realized is I'm going to live my life. I'm going to try to um, do the very best I can. I'm going to fail. I'm going to make mistakes. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just going to try to uh, follow what I know to be true. Um, I'm going to try to love God and love his children. And hopefully that'll, that'll serve me and others well. And I'm not claiming to be good at it, but I'm claiming I'm trying to be. So. I love this personal journey. It it mirrors mine in some ways where I just recognized that I was willing to learn and listen yeah. and, and recognize I didn't know everything. I kind of call it for me a hard drive reset. I um, eventually s wondered what I'd picked up that was accurate or not and really tried to proactively better understand. But part of my journey is like yours. It's having people that I care about. Um, that identify as LGBTQ. And I rec like this missionary companion that was one of, you know, this great missionary in South Africa. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to not love this guy as he bravely opens up. And I think it's a credit to you, John, that he trusted you enough. There was something about you. And I think that's a thing we all want to have in us is that people, when they want to talk about very difficult parts of their life, there's something we're projecting about us that makes them feel safe that they can talk to us. If he were here, he would probably answer that question. And he just somehow knew he could open up to you. Well, and that's one of the things that I think made our time together as, you know, missionary companions good is I enjoyed talking with him too. He was a good listener. Um, I hope I was as good of a listener, but, um, you know, um, I don't want to see anyone going through turmoil in their life in any, 
you know, in any, for any reason or for any, any way. And, and that's what I remember feeling and seeing. And in this way, um, for the kind of the first time, you know, probably uh, on this issue. And I just, uh, um, it really, it made me very sad. You know, I just thought this is a good person who I hate to see in pain, you know? And so that, that kind of, that kind of woke me up, you know? And, and I remember where I was not exactly, but I, I remember how that made me feel. And so hopefully, you know, going forward, and that's really what I, I hope to do, you know, as a human is just to try to, I don't know, facilitate and, and be respectful and inclusive and loving, you know, without being the judge all the time. Of course, we have to make judgments in our personal lives. I just don't think we have to judge others, you know, and that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to live. So. So I didn't know this till we talked beforehand, but I, I didn't realize you had a day job. I thought a mayor was a full-time <laughs> job and you're kind of chuckling right now because yep. you rec and I said, and you work at IHC, that's a full-time job and mayor is a full-time job and you're in your second term. It's a four-year term and you're in, you're in your sixth year. Yes. And so you serve for two more years and then we'll look at re-election. Yep. I, this is the second year of my second term and you know, I plan to run again for Good. a third term and you know that I, I do think it's, you've got to balance uh, things out there and make sure that you realize you're not the only person who can, you know, impact a community and hopefully uh, render some service. Uh, but I, I do, um, I do really enjoy that job. And I used to kind of think it, it was a, my wife called it my hobby job. Um, but it's, it's turned out to be a lot more than that. It's, it's something, it's, it's a passion that I have. I, I love the, 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 the job, if you will. Um, and in fact, it, it, you know, again, it feels a little bit more like a calling. Uh, you can put as much time and effort into it uh, as you want. And in this case, it's getting to be much more like a full-time, you know, uh, calling, if you will, job. Um, and I'm fortunate that I work for Select Health, which is the insurance division of Intermountain Healthcare. And I've worked for them for 29 years now, and they've trusted me enough to give me a little bit of uh, elbow room, and they allow me to spend some of really their time, especially, you know, at certain certain days or certain times when I've got to do city things. I, I do a lot of things after hours, you know, as it relates to mayor. Um, but there's some crossover too, that, that helps Intermountain Healthcare and, and they acknowledge that and therefore allow not just me, but others to spend time in elected offices around the state. So that's been a good thing. And, uh, and frankly, some of the skills I've learned over, you know, the years working for Intermountain Healthcare have helped me, uh, be the mayor. It kind of works both ways in terms of working with people and, um, trying to listen, trying to, uh, be, um, uh, you know, an intermediary to be, uh, um, sometimes delivering difficult news yeah. and yet have people be willing to work together, uh, for, you know, the common good. So. Anyway, yes. If I'd met you at Skyland High School in 1983, would you were you in student government? Did you hope to be in a I, political office, or did this come kind of later and just naturally? Well, yeah, I I don't know that I ever intentionally figured I'd be getting involved with you know elected office, but um, maybe that's a little. Um, 
uh, retrospectively naive on my part because <laughs> I did run and I was the vice president of the student body of Upland Terrace Elementary School. I know where that school is. Yep, I went to Upland Terrace. See you. <laughs> yep, and then I ran for vice president of Wasatch Junior High and lost uh, to a very good friend. And I ended up being the assembly's chairperson. That's the big job. Which was, you know what? It was great fun. And I enjoyed working with my friends who were the president and vice president and so forth, secretary. And, and then in at Skyline High, I did run and I was... Uh, I was fortunate to be the junior class president and that's where student government had ended for me. But, you know, uh, I had a great time doing those things. I do think it helped me a little, you know, it's, you know, as, as, as it, you know, it's all relative, right? Those are small potatoes compared to maybe the issues we do today, but they do prepare you a little bit for, for how things work. And so I never really thought I'd be running, certainly not as the mayor of St. George, you know, when I, I really thought that would be impossible. Um, especially as a transplant, right? When I ran for city council, I did that first, that was 12 years ago. And I had a few people telling me, you got to run. And, you know, you kind of get a big head for a minute and you think, okay, I'll run. And, and then I thought, but even then I'd only lived here at that point for about 12 years. And I was going, they're not going to elect me. I don't have enough red sand in my shoes. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to be a, a native. You can't achieve native status if you didn't, you know, weren't born here. And so, but I did get elected at 12 years ago. And then as I got a little closer, you know, to, to the opportunity to run for mayor, I thought, you know, the thing I'd like about being the mayor is the chance to kind of uh, help set and direct the vision Good. and the direction of the city. And I felt like the previous mayor, Mayor Daniel MacArthur, really was a mentor and, a you know, just an incredible mayor. And, and at the time, uh, I think he even thought he was done. And so he'd even told me, you know, you got to get ready. You got to run for mayor. And so I did. Then he ended up deciding to run for one more term. And I, I decided to run as well. And he didn't do a thing wrong. You know, in my opinion, he had just been uh, the mayor for 20 years and I ended up getting elected and we're still, I think, very good friends. I love that. And he's, we had a, I think a very clean uh, uh, campaign, you know, there's maybe one thing I said the whole campaign, I'm sad, I said, and it still, it wasn't bad, but it was just, you know, more negative than I like to be. I like to focus on the things that I'd like to see and I'd like to do, or that I think the, you know, people have told me they'd like to see us do, you know, and that's how I've run all my campaigns. That's how he ran his. And, uh, so I respect him. He went on and ended up being called to be a mission president for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Monterey, Mexico. And now he's back and, you know, and that's his son great. was just elected to be on the city council well, and great. I'm excited to get to work with him. I love just the following your dreams. I don't know if many people expect to be mayor, a senator, a congressman, right. or serve in these ways. So I love that, you know, you just kind of followed your dreams. And I think that creates more vision for our younger people, what you've done in not only your professional career, but also in this political service. Um, talk about, um, as you became mayor, um, eventually some LGBTQ people would reach out to you and you had 
I think you felt a responsibility to meet their needs as well as everybody in the community. Share us a little bit of that journey. Yes. Um, you know, when I was, I was uh, really brand new at being mayor, you know, some friends of mine, um, um, uh, Steve and Linda uh, Stay, came to me and said, you know, would you, would you be willing to, you know, consider and maybe support an anti-discrimination bill, you know, or ordinance at the local level? And, and I said, well, explain. And they explained to me that, you know, specifically this would be for, uh, LGBTQ, uh, folks that would prevent discrimination when it comes to employment and housing. And, and I, I kind of was surprised. I said, well, you mean we don't already have that protection? And they say, you know, we really don't. It, it really is not there. We're, you know, this is a common response, Mayor, that people don't realize that that isn't already, you know, illegal. And so I said, well, I would certainly be, you know, willing to, to listen. Um, and, and, you know, what ended up happening there is I, I wasn't sure that at the local level, I could have the support for that at that time. Uh, but I did tell them, I thought, frankly, it made a lot of sense, you know, to be pursuing that at the state level and that I would try to be supportive of those efforts. And, um, and, you know, I don't know how much of a difference I made in that myself, you know, but I was, you know, supportive and glad when our lawmakers at the state level uh, came to what I think was a pretty good resolution of that a few years ago. And, and our friend and, and former state Senator Steve Urquhart was one of the ones leading the charge on that. And, and, you know, while, uh, no two people agree on everything uh, together all the time. And I haven't with Steve at, at that time on that issue, I think, uh, they got it right. You know, I think that was something that needed to be done. Certainly, um, more than just symbolically, I think there were some, you know, again, try being in that situation and, you know, dealing with it if you're not protected under the law. So I think that that was important and it sent a, a good uh, message. And so that was another step, you know, that as the mayor, I began to realize uh, I would have a role in this um, want it or not, I would have a role in this and should, you know, on some basis. And, you know, there are some things that you realize you can, you can do, you can talk about, you can try to set, you know, vision or direction. Uh, you can't force things to happen, uh, really at any level of government in our system. And that's the way it's meant to be, but you can talk through things. You can try to, um, move things along incrementally, um, and appropriately, you know, I, I think there, and you know, we all get to decide what that is. And sometimes you, most of the time you, you, um, you probably have to take, uh, uh, I think it was Richard Dreyfus in a movie that said baby steps, you know, so most of the time you take baby steps. Sometimes you might go too far, but usually you probably take baby steps and you don't go maybe far as far as some would like, um, but you hopefully find uh, some common ground. And, um, and I think largely we've done that in Utah. And some would say, no, not even close. And some would say, oh, too much. Yeah. Um, and I'm just being honest here. I know that's, that's how it is. You know, we're, not, we're never going to have 
um, everyone agree on this or any other issue, frankly, that we've got it just right and just the way we ought to have it. But that's what I began to see as mayor that, you know, I would need to be, um, more than just John on this, I, I needed to be the mayor and, uh, the, the, you know, the government, um, representative for everyone that lived in, in our city. And, and that's where, you know, the phrase you mentioned early, I, I want to be the mayor of everyone. And I think I should, I should plan on that. I should expect that they should expect that, uh, my friends and neighbors and those that don't know me, they should expect that of me and whoever their mayor is. I need to try to represent as best I can everyone, no matter what, uh, their, uh, their, uh, position in life may be there, whatever their occupation, whatever their, their, you know, uh, belief system doesn't matter. I need to be their representative at the city. Talk about, I sure love that. Talk about, um, a mother of a transgender child that came in and, and can anybody just make an appointment with the mayor? Sure. And you know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to say it's always easy because it is, it, it is uh, busy, but I really do try. I, I will really, That's I'll meet really cool. Yeah. I will meet with anyone, uh, anyone I possibly can. And if they'll be patient with me, uh, I'll, I'll get to it. And so I really try to do that. And I've had some, I've really learned a lot because of, you know, doing that, not just on this issue, but you know, I had the chance a few months back, um, maybe it's more months than I think, uh, but with a, a, a wonderful woman who is the mother of a transgender uh, a young person in our, in our community. And she said something to me that probably changed my life uh, as it relates to this issue. And I think it could transcend to other issues. And she said, listen, Mayor, can you just not try to understand it? just try to love these people, you know, just try to, just try to respect them and love them. And she did not say that in any way, in any negative or judgmental way. She was really trying to help me say, or see that I may not be able to understand every issue, but that if I can just, you know, kind of separate that back to shelving, right back to in, in my earlier church, you know, uh, seminary experience, religious shelving or whatever shelving you want to call it and just say, just focus on the people and what their issues are and how you might be able to help them as the mayor. Because, and she was saying, you wouldn't have to do much and they would be so appreciative, appreciative. Um, they'd be so, they'd feel more welcome, more, um, included, safer. And, and I said, well, I want that, you know, I, I want them to feel that they deserve that. Everyone deserves that. And, and so I just learned so much. She was such a good teacher. I, my feeling was, and I told her this, my goodness, you need to be out there speaking to people and I need to try to help find ways that she can do that because it was very helpful to me and I'm not doing her justice in the words I'm saying. She really gets it. And she was able to communicate in a way that was unoffensive and that was very helpful to me that helped me see in a different light, uh, some of these folks that are going through some very traumatic things. And she talked about, you know, suicide rates among transgenders and it just broke my heart. And I know that's a problem here. Um, and the cause, uh, the reasons why I don't know all the reasons, 
but I know that's one of them. And I, when I started to hear those statistics, um, knowing that there are people behind each one of those numbers, and I knew some of these situations, I just said, we can't have that. We, we've got to do better, you know? So those, and I, and of course I've talked to individuals, um, you know, themselves who've been either a part of the LGBTQ uh, plus community or parents, siblings, whatever. I've, I've have had lots of great conversations. There's a, a teen group here, a, a, a LGBTQ plus teen group. Uh, I went to a, um, a dance. They had a prom. They had their first one ever last year, maybe this year. I think it was in the spring and I went to it. And, and, you know, I probably, and they let me speak for a minute. I probably said too much because that's what I do. I talk too much, but, but it was so cool to get to be there. And you know what I saw? I saw in their faces, smiles, happiness. There were kids coming from counties surrounding our County, even from uh, Clark County. It, they were very, uh, well-behaved. They were just your typical, you know, teens in, in every way. Um, but they felt they could be safe, you know, in, in who they were at this prom. And I learned a lot by getting to go there. And again, people of various faiths and backgrounds, and I got to be there to at least signal and say, you know, if you have an issue, here's my card. And I handed them out at the door if they wanted them and call me if there's something I can help you with, you know, in any, any situation, please let me know. And so those are just a few things that I've gotten to be a part of and see. And, and uh, again, I'm sure I'm missing all kinds of things and details, um, that I could do better with, but there, those are a few things that have helped me at least see a little better and know a little bit more what's going on in our community. I love John, that story of, of that mother. That's a pretty powerful principle. Um, I don't expect you to understand everything about a transgender person and maybe we can eventually and some may that may come easier than others but she just skipped that whole part that we might get stuck on of all the all the transitions that may occur for a transgender and just said can you love my daughter yeah Um, I just and that to me comes easy for us if we're just let ourselves do that Um, and then we're able to help people and minister to them so I love that part of this story Talk about, um, you have a pride festival here that we had, um, we've had, I'm not sure his podcast will be released before or after you, we had Stephen Lambert on the podcast to talk about the fourth year of the, I think it's called the pride festival of family friendly. Right. And then you did banner flags. Um, I don't know what street or how many flags, I don't know if the same time, but just talk about, um, the decision from a a city council and a mayor perspective to put up pride, pride flags. Well, um, yes. Uh, the Southern Utah uh, pride festival was held in uh, September instead of June when it's held in many other places. Uh, they hold it in September here, mostly due to the weather. Yeah, I was wondering maybe entirely due to the weather is what I, I have been told, but I'm not sure if there are any other reasons. Um, September was still pretty warm, but, um, June can be pretty, pretty Pretty hot. hot. So, um, uh, 
frankly, and I've, I've gone to that festival at least, well, I think I've gone every year, um, at least for the last three years. And again, new things for me, you know, um, I, I've gone, they've always welcomed me there. They, they've asked me to at least provide a welcome from the mayor. And, uh, and so I go and say a few words and, and I mill around and I enjoy people. And again, it's for me, it's been one of growing comfort. I'll just say, uh, to be there. It is family friendly. Uh, they, they now have, you know, multiple events and, and the, I don't necessarily go to all of the events, but I go to their big event on the Saturday that, uh, that they hold every September. And, um, this year they had asked, you know, well in advance, of course, they asked if they could, um, if they could fly some banners, uh, post, put some banners on some of our city light poles, we have about 50 of them that are equipped with some brackets that allow the, the, uh, the, um, installation of vertical banners, um, that, that, um, we have allowed, um, in the past, mostly city use. Um, but we've had some city sponsored or closely related to the city, you know, uh, the marathon, St. George marathon. Yes. I've run that marathon have about you? 40 pounds ago. Me too. <laughs> about the same number of pounds ago. <laughs> we, yeah. We got to get back in shape, Mayor. <laughs> I know I did it in 2001 That is, and, uh, you know, and I was, yeah, quite a bit lighter then, <laughs> but, um, uh, the marathon, uh, you know, there've been other things such as, uh, the Huntsman world senior games, Jubilee of trees, uh, parade of homes, you know, a number of things that we've, we've advertised on, on some of these, if not all of these, uh, light poles and Heber had, uh, allowed some banners, some similar banners for their pride festival in June to be, um, posted and, or installed. And, you know, these are temporary banners. They're there for usually in our case, they're there for kind of a week before the event and the week of the event or events. And that's, we didn't have a lot behind the policy. And so when the, then when the banners happen in, in Heber, Stephen Lambert, uh, who, like you say, you've interviewed and he'll be on your podcast. Uh, Stephen came to me and we're, we're friends. Uh, I've dealt with him over the pride festival several years. And, and he said, could we do that in St. George? And I said, well, let me check. And as I looked at the policy with the city manager and city council, you know, it was a pretty open policy. And uh, we just said, you know, um, uh, it's certainly within our policy. Now, that policy is about probably 12 years old. It probably needs to be updated because, frankly, what we what we are maybe more concerned about now than we were is unintended consequences. Um, what other groups, even hate groups might be able to say, well, we too would like to post banners on your light poles and we have an event in the park and therefore we want to be able to do that. And we do require that whoever is, is putting on the event that they pay for the installation, um, and for the actual banners they own them, they, they install them and they take them down or pay for that. Um, it's gotta be done by a professional sign company so that it's done well, done right, done safely. 
uh, but there are a few other requirements. It's got to be in conjunction with an event. They met our requirements. And so we said, yes, um, we, we knew that there would be people who loved it and there would be people that didn't. And there were, there were both, um, and I did a, a little post on Facebook that, you know, got a lot of attention. Yeah, I saw that post. Yeah. And it's a good post. Yeah, I, I tried to explain a little bit. I explained that I loved the discussion. Um, I think if there's anything that was good about it, uh, besides advertising a family-friendly event, I'm just going to say, I believe it was family-friendly. I believe it was human-friendly. Um, I believe it was in the best of intentions. And it, it, it has been, and I'm sure will be in the future. Um, but in addition to that, I like the discussion. Uh, it's not always productive, but there was a lot of productive discussion about it, not just on social media. Maybe that's not the most productive site, but around kitchen tables, around uh, water coolers, as it were, you know, in break rooms. And, and I had a lot of people talk to me kind of on maybe, maybe on both sides of the issue, some who maybe weren't as happy with it, mostly saying they didn't like that the city was sponsoring it. And I said, well, but here's what the city in my view is. The city is being inclusive. The city is um, being respectful and the city is allowing what we've allowed other groups to do. And we, we will be looking at that policy to see how it should be changed. We probably will change it somewhat, but personally, um, I, I see no problem, um, with, um, with welcoming, uh, this kind of event and these, uh, these friends and family members and community members, um, to our community that is theirs and ours alike. And I saw people of, from all walks of life at this event and it warmed my heart. I loved it. And so I think mission accomplished. Um, while some people might see a more political side of this, you can always see politics and stuff and it, it enters into things, but that is not what this intent was. Um, I believe from the folks who sponsored it and, um, and, and again, proof is in the pudding. As I went to the event, I just saw a whole lot of love and friendliness and smiles and, and it was okay, you know, and that's, that's to me what it's all about. It's okay to, you know, learn and grow. And we might feel a little bit uncomfortable as we, as we do. So I always have, as I'm learning and sometimes struggling to learn and figure things out. But in this case, uh, I think it was productive and I don't know what the future will hold with it, but I hope we can either do the, the same banners or something, uh, you know, might be something similar in the future. If we have to do something differently um, so that we avoid unintended consequences. I mean, honestly, I don't want hate groups advertising, right. you know, uh, on our polls. And, right. and this is not in that category. Uh, but I explained that to Stephen and to others uh, that are part of the Southern Utah Pride and, and they get it. They get it. We'll see where this goes. Um, but frankly, uh, I thought there was much more good than, than trouble that came out of that. So I love what you did. We had mayor Kayleen Potter on a podcast year. We've Good had friend. honored to have two mayors now on our podcast yeah. that both of, um, under this umbrella of, you know, I'm the mayor of everybody. What can I do? And I think of the closeted youth, um, 
LDS and non-LDS that are in this community that probably watch everything that's being done on this issue um, in their faith groups or in the community. And I would guess that was very helpful um, to just, you may have saved some lives by, by I hope doing so. that. I hope so. And, and, and I was told that I, I hope if there was anyone that was close, you know, to that, um, that very difficult, you know, um, stage, uh, I hope that it was helpful. And, and, um, you know, I will gladly, um, err on that side, if you will, I would, I will gladly do that if it saves a life. And, um, uh, and there are some really, really, um, great comments by great people that have been made to me and others, you know, on the city council and city leadership who have expressed those kinds of thoughts. And so I hope so. I hope it's been helpful. I do. And I, I think it signals that you're safe to talk to, that our city's safe and we yeah. can have these kind of discussions that we need to have. I, some, but sometimes people were both active LDS will say, well, where's this line of condoning? And I think sometimes that trips us up and keeps us from fully loving. I can, I don't need to, I can just accept the realities of someone's life. Um, that's different than mine. Doesn't mean, you know, I just accept that. I, yeah. some parents said, well, I look at it as like attending an infant baptism in another faith. We would, as LDS, we wouldn't probably hesitate good to go to a different congregation and witness an infant baptism to a friend and, and we, that's outside of LDS doctrine, obviously, in infant baptism. But we, it's not like we're condoning it. We're just supporting a family. So I look at what you're doing here in the community. And for those that are faithful, LDS wondering, is this crossing a line in my own belief? Mm-hmm. I think we just follow the example of the Savior to be with everybody and particularly have a responsibility to those that are on the margins to help them feel included. So I love what you've done here and what you're doing in multiple areas to help people feel a part of the community. I know we're catching up from work and you're headed to a city council meeting and I think we're at our stop so we can get you your city council meeting on time, Mayor. Any just final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, you know, I think really maybe just maybe nothing new, but maybe, you know, again, final thoughts from me. I think whether you're the mayor or um, you're anyone else in the community, it doesn't matter who we are. Um, I think we've got to be really mindful, conscientious, uh, conscious, whatever the right word is of, of the things we say and do and how, and how they might be interpreted by other people. You know, we know this, we know this in our hearts, but I think as, as we try to be, um, um, children of God, you know, as we're trying to, to do the things that he would have us do. And, and again, I am not claiming to get this right. I'm just trying. And I love that primary song. I'm trying to be like like Jesus. Jesus. I love it. It it brings tears to my eyes as I say it, because I am trying and probably failing a lot. Um, But if we can try so hard um, as we're dealing with other people and as we're thinking, how might this affect them? Sometimes we say and do things completely accidentally and naively or innocently. We don't realize. But when it comes to some of these issues that are so tender, that are so close, you know, to the heart um, that involve some of the most sacred um, feelings and, and opportunities, if you will, and 
roles that we we have, um, it is, I just think, critical that we um, are doing our best to be sensitive and that we're doing our best as community members to be respectful, at a minimum respectful, but certainly uh, inclusive is the other word we've used earlier in this uh, podcast and, and loving, hopefully, where we can just... You know, as, as you get to know someone, and that's what I've found is it's more than just reading about it or listening even to our podcast, right? Those might prime us a little bit. But if we actually talk with people that's and sit across from them or next to them, all of a sudden it takes on new meaning in our life and we realize there is a human being you know, behind this this. Uh, this issue, this whatever uh, it may be, but in this case, um, this LGBTQ plus uh, um, issue and and life a community that is is us. It touches every one of us, and if it hasn't, it will. And if we can just realize that and realize we are all God's children. When it comes to this, like any other issue, you mentioned it, uh, I think we would be most likely to be more like Jesus if we try to take all those things into, into consideration and that he will, being the perfect and all-knowing, all-wise, all-kind, all-loving, he will figure all this out. He already knows. He's just giving us the opportunity to do the best we can as part of our experience here he will sort things out and in the most perfect way. I don't know what that all looks like, but it'll be perfect. Just so touched, John, by you and your spirit you bring and your understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and bringing people together both in a personal way in your church service that we haven't talked about, but especially what you're doing in your community. And you're a bridge builder and you're bringing people together. And we need that in our political world right now. And um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for Lisa Fry, um, who's hosted us here as we've done podcasts in the upstairs of her home. We're going to have her on a podcast. She's a mom of a gay son. She's really appreciates what you're doing. I've noticed how a lot of these moms of gay children are very aware of what you're doing. And it gives them a lot of hope. Um, I think giving hope, Mayor Pike, is one of the great things we can do. And so you're Agreed. doing that. And and thank you for being on the podcast. And God bless you and your wonderful work. And um, we thank our listeners for joining us on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. <laughs>